What's up, heretics? It's the Religion of Speed podcast, the show for car nerds by car nerds. I'm Matt Overstreet. I am Chris Huffman. I'm Aaron Benjamin. And not joining us on the couch today is Hamza. He is unfortunately out on a work trip. We're saving your spot for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh he's in California though. He's got to enjoy some some good weather. Yeah, it's a little cold here, but he got nice weather. But we're not going to start this podcast with another weather talk because this is <laughs> we did that, didn't we? We already did this before. Uh, I will bring attention to the TV behind us right here, so now you can actually see what we are talking about if you're watching the video version of this podcast. Uh, but don't worry if you're listening to the audio version; we will still describe things. Uh, well as well as we were before which i don't know if that was really all that good not very well no oh man so we got a lot of news to cover because we didn't cover the news last podcast because we did our fast and furious special which you can see in the background there as well on the video um so let's just get right into it and i want to start with some some bad news for uh all the video game fans out there ea cancels all future project cars and dirt titles yeah this is sad dirt was a really fun game to play I love Dirt Rally. Dirt Rally and Dirt Rally 2.0 are two of the hardest sim driving games ever because it's like it's real rally racing. Yeah. So you know, you make one mistake, you're done. And the I don't know. They tried coming out with a Dirt uh, 3.0 or Dirt just regular Dirt game. It was like an arcadey game, and it didn't come out very good. Yeah, that was the one where it, it had like the drift physics were kind of locked into their own mechanic in the game. Where if you get too close to a pylon or something, you just automatically start drifting around it, and it does it does the counter steer for you. Yeah, they they tried to make it like an arcade game. And yeah. Oh, I don't like that very much. See, I never I played a little bit of dirt like early on, but it never caught on for me. So you know, I think if you don't if you're playing that game with a controller, it's not the best. And I think that's the problem is they made, you know, project cars and dirt were kind of sim racing stuff, so a little bit of a niche market. You know, so they instead want to, yep, I did that backwards. Uh, instead, they want to focus on their other games, Need for Speed. When, with, yeah, this is the best <laughs> picture to, to cover what the modern Need for Speed is like. Yeah, that looks a lot like uh, Suki's S2000 from the second Fast and Furious. Except it's a, is that a Mercury Cougar? Cougar? It's either that or a 2GB Eclipse. It might be. A, I okay, think it's that's a an cougar. But it's, no, their no, body lines were so similar, it's, it's really hard to tell when you put that much kit on it. I'm, I'm saying it's an Eclipse just because I can't imagine them putting a Mercury Cougar in this game. Because this is the brand new one. This just came out like a few months ago. or a month ago. That would be know. funny because Gen Zers wouldn't even know what a Mercury Cougar is. Right? Like, like what's Mercury? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this a car brand? Yeah. No, they just know it's in retrograde. That's all <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is you know this is what they're going for now. They want to uh, see. I actually made notes this time. Um, Project Cars One and Two has been also delisted uh, along with the Dirt series, so you can't even buy the games anymore. Oh wow! So you have to go to an actual GameStop and find a used disc. Yeah, if you could find that. But if you want to buy it digitally, it just doesn't exist. I checked Steam this morning because I don't have Project Cars Two. I only have one. But luckily, I have both Dirt games. Um, but yeah, here we go. Shutting down Project Cars to focus more on open-world, specifically licensed IP games and franchises that are more socially led with long-term live services. Well, that sounds like a really trendy collection of buzzwords. <laughs> right? This is like Ready Player One stuff. That's yeah. what, that's as, you know, they want yeah. you to have your own car and their own universe and yeah. buy, oh, spend God. actual money on things in-game. And right. that's what it is. So they're, they're going to have, have car your, NFTs. Your second life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So that's what they're going for, and it's going to fail. But I will say, like I like I said, I understand Dirt Project Cars had a small, uh, but very dedicated fan base, and it, it's sad to see those go. Yeah, and Need for Speed was it's kind of the watered down racing game. Yeah. Like, they did some decent sim games over the years. Shift was great. Shift was Shift, good. I like that Shift one. Shift 2, I was a big fan of that one. Um, and, you know, it was fun to do Hot Pursuit and have the police chase you and stuff, but it, it was not realistic at all. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of weird because I have this very big nostalgia thing for Need for Speed Underground, Underground 2, Carbon, and Unbound is clearly, like, the spiritual successor to those games. But, I don't know, maybe I need to play it, but... It just like that's not where I'm at with my my personal car game stuff anymore. I've moved on to sim stuff. I can't imagine that the physics engines are going to be like true to if you yeah if you're a sim racer, this is not the I don't think it's going to be the game for you. That's yeah. my opinion. I, this is great in terms of like maybe getting a much younger crowd familiar with some older cooler chassis. Yeah, you know you might see some some young kids in high school that like now know what. Then <laughs> I don't know if you want to know what an eclipse is based on this, but <laughs> right? I mean, you might you might get some knowledge at, into the younger generation. So I mean, putting anime women on cars is like huge now with That's these what young kids. Do now. Yeah. yeah, waifu status or whatever. Yeah, is yeah. that what it is? Right. Yeah, uh, I even saw uh, one guy. Somebody oh, okay. put waifu as their vanity plate. I saw it on on Arapaho. I was like, wow, somebody's just shameless with it. But yeah, okay, no, like cool. like young kids now are just plastering cars and anime titties. Yeah, but then that's just like the thing you do now, dude. I saw a Jeep Compass plastered with anime <laughs> titties. I'm not even joking. We have at, at the shop. We have a Mercedes GLA, a newer one, that comes in plastered with anime titties. It's wow. dark blue. Clearly, the yeah. Oh, oh, I you know, know exactly who that is. Yeah, you know who that is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, what am I talking about? You, you know that guy. But yeah, it's like that's what the kids are doing these days. And like, I kind—I I don't know. This is gonna be weird to say. I kind of get it because car culture is all about this like rebellion shit. Yeah, and kind of being outside of like it's almost uh, in Japan. You got like the Bosozoko. You know, where they're being loud, they're being obnoxious, they're being shitty on purpose. Right, right. If you're not pissing off old people, then you're not doing it right. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the point, is the old people see, like, anime titties on a car, like, oh, this is this is terrible. Yeah. And the kid's like, ha-ha, you're old. Yeah. This generation has no morals. Ha-ha-ha. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's where it's coming from. And I think that's where we get Need for Speed Unbound, you know? I, I wonder know. how many... I did see some clips from this game, though, of, like, cars, like, flipping and, like... Like these stars on the wheels they got going on here, that's like in game. It has like animation and shit. Oh, that's like, like that. a metric? That's like a, a gameplay mechanic? The stars? Yeah, well, like, yeah, there's like animations and stuff. You do like special moves. Hmm. Like, like barrel rolls and shit? Yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's fun as hell. I, I need to try it still. I'm sure it's fun, and I'm sure the visuals are incredible. And I think the biggest thing it's going to do for the car community is uh, what you were saying is going to introduce younger kids to older cars and get them into the hobby before, you know, they could necessarily have an opportunity to do that on their own. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I like that about need for speed because it's like you were saying underground, you know, kind of got you into JDMs. Right. Cause you grew up in Detroit and there was, there were no Japanese sports cars up yeah, there. Like, Putting body kits, I'd spend so much time in those games putting body kits on, tweaking the color of my underglow just right, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. See, that for me, like, I, I feel like 
Forza struck a good balance. That's what I when was that came say. out is because I was I had every Gran Turismo from one on like, and and all you could do in Gran Turismo one was like a racing modification. It was mm. very blanket. You chose two colors, and now it's a race car. Boom. But then Forza, and I think in Gran Turismo two you got options to do wheels, which was like a yeah. new upgrade. But then Forza comes around, and you get engine swaps, and yep. you get uh, you could do like a Duluc. Uh, bumper, mm-hmm. you know, you could yeah, start to real really brands, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sea West, Ings plus well, and you, one, and you could do like all wheel drive conversions, and like you could do all sorts of crazy builds in Forza. Yeah. And if you got into the tuning section of it, I mean, you could adjust everything infinitely. I wish there were a hundred different settings on my rear sway bar, <laughs> right? <laughs> I've never seen one like that, but yeah, that was really cool. They they made it to where you could really customize the way the cars drove. Yeah, um, I feel like. Up to about Forza 3, it was harder to drive in Forza than in real life. Like, like the physics, like were, the physics were less forgiving. Like, they made it so, so semi, you had to be, like, so perfect that it's like, oh, well, yeah, you just slid off the track. Yeah. When you could get in, in real life, you could get in that same car and it would be easier. And I feel like once they got to Forza 4, it was, it was perfect. Yeah. Like, that balance was great. Um, I, I built so many great cars in Forza 4. Yeah, and then I think 6 is the last one I played seriously, and I, I think I just abandoned Gran Turismo at that point. And then, you know, I, you you have a sim rig. I've always wanted a sim rig. I've only played games on controllers. Yeah. So I don't know. There's probably another level there that you understand that I'm, I'm you know. So I haven't played a Forza game on my sim rig because it's all, I don't have an Xbox. I'm hoping 7, the new the next one, I think it's seven. Uh, I hope it, they do that on PC as well, like they did with Horizon, um, because I would like to try that out in the sim rig. And I haven't tried the new Gran Turismo. I do have a PS4 now, hmm. uh, okay. So I'm going to give that a shot here soon. But for me, you know, for sim racing on the computer, it's a set of Corsa, it's Project Cars, it's even like BMNG has become really fucking good. Um, you know, there's just there's different titles. Dirt, of course, like I said, Dirt Rally. That's a really good one for me, but. Uh, in my opinion, if you're going arcade, I think Need for Speed, the problem they re- they're running into is uh, Forza Horizon got so good. Because you got all those customizations like yeah. we talked about. And the open world aspect. And the open world aspect. So yeah. they're trying to be, they're trying to, they're kind of riding the curtails of that game now. They're trying to play catch up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like what happened to, with Halo and Call of Duty. Yeah. Like Halo was the gold standard for first person shooters, and then Call of Duty became that. And then Halo had to try to catch up. Which I mean, it's good to have competition. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I should, I should try this new Need for Speed game, and maybe I will enjoy the shit out of it. So, uh, report. I'll have a report back. But I, I am just sad that there's not enough room in the world for both the sim racing side of EA racing games and the arcade side. Yeah, that's sad. Which, yeah, it is. This just goes back to also uh, EA acquiring studios and shoving them in the dirt, which this is not a video game podcast, but I've been a gamer my whole life. And EA does this all the time because like I, in my notes here, like it was originally slightly mad studios that made project cars one and dirt. They got acquired by Codemasters, who does the formula one series. Okay. Uh, the formula one games will continue. And then Codemasters got bought up by EA who shut down Codemasters and took all their talent basically. And used it for their arcadey need for speed games. Yeah. Yeah. And this isn't a video game podcast, but it's important. It's an important aspect of the culture. Right, yeah. Um, you know, when, when you're a kid, you, you can't just jump in your car and go to the track. Mm. This is as close as you can get. 
Oh, I, I would argue sim racing is becoming a bigger and bigger part of car culture now because cars are expensive. I mean, we have three project cars. Well, two. I guess the FJ is not our project car. Uh, but we got <laughs> two project cars sitting here that they take time, they take money, they take space, they take tools. Yep. Yeah, you know? and then it's it's beyond that because then you have to actually pay for consumables and go racing and entry fees and mm-hmm. yeah, you know you you think a thousand dollars for a sim rig is a lot until you buy a bare chassis and then like okay well yeah. I've got fifteen grand to go plus I have to finance my season yeah so yeah I think I think the ability to put in time to learn um, the physics to learn how to tune your chassis mm-hmm. you know understanding what small tweaks and what direction will affect your setup definitely translates. And it's a huge part for people that want to go racing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, $1,000 is two sets of tires if you bargain shop. Oh, yeah, that's some cheap tires. And that's that's one day at a, a, you know, know, the R225... Yeah. 45-17s, yeah, yeah, the common size. And if you buy, you know, Westlake's, $1,000 will will get you a couple sets. Westlake, you can get, like, a fucking pallet of those things. (laughs) Not in Hamza's size. (laughs) Right, yeah. GTI wheels. But we were talking oh, with, uh, and we'll discuss this mystery project car I'm hinting at in a second here, but we went to go pick up the project. We were speaking with... Uh, Ryan Dussex. Ryan Dussex, thank you. My brain farted there. Uh, and he was talking about how once he started doing this racing thing more full-time, he's like, I didn't realize how much consumables would eat up. You know, like he, he said he spent like, what was it, like four or five grand on a brake set just because this brake set uses pads that are like a half inch or three quarters of an inch thick. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's like, I go through one set of brake pads a season now, or and, yeah, every couple and, of years. And, and he said. said he was spending before that, he was, you know, with a standard set of Brimbos, it was every event pretty much. Yeah. He was having to change his pads. Yeah. And I mean, even if you just do like HPDE or high performance driving event days, if you don't know what that is, um, even if you're just doing that, you're you're going to do probably an oil change. You know, you're probably going to do things maybe like spark plugs or uh, gas for all that time on the track. Yes. Yeah, yeah, gas to alone. get to the track. Yeah. And, and then it, you're going to burn a whole yeah. tank at the track. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, thanks, it, Biden. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's 238 around the corner. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I said. Thanks, Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, God. No. I don't know who we just lost in this podcast, oh, but I think no. it's everybody. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Like, his name's Brandon, damn it. <laughs> Dark Brandon. Oh, man. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I like your point, though. Maybe this Need for Speed game pulls in a new generation, and, you know, there are the sim games out there still that they can graduate to. So, maybe but, it isn't a bad thing, but I'm still sad to see Dirt go. It's on my bucket list to get one of the original Fast and Furious arcade cabinets. Oh, yeah. For, like, a basement or a garage. Like, that game was super arcadey. It was ridiculous. If you double-tapped the accelerator, your car did a wheelie. Mm-hmm. And, but it was so much fun. It had a little keypad so you could save all your mods. Uh, they have those at 1UP downtown. Do they? Yep. Okay. Also, oh. there's round one by me in Lakewood there. It's like uh, Wadsworth and... Bowls, I think. Yeah, it's in, oh. the, it's in the mall. Okay. Yeah, in the mall there. Yeah. Uh, they have the initial D arcade games. Oh, that's cool. Those they also have uh, Maximum Tune. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. And if you like, I have a car. <laughs> I have a Maximum Tune. <laughs> Do <car>. you? <laughs> yeah, dude has like a 700 horsepower Supra and shit on there. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, but I don't know. We need to... We need to make a yeah, like, a day of this. Yeah, we need to let's go do to an arcade. Yeah, car let's do a barcade. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, because there's there's a place. This is you know super arcadey, but there's a level up level up on Broadway. 
They have Mario Kart arcade cabinets with wheels and pedals. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's and it's just straight up Mario Kart. You can throw tortoise shells and everything, but you've got a steering wheel and pedals. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that would translate very well. It's fun. Yeah, I'm sure it is. The drifting still is like faster to drift than it is to corner. Yeah. (laughs) I guess there. Okay, so one weird thing here. I guess before we move on is I just got my ass handed to me in Mario Kart by some friends. Right? Because I'm okay. a 64 guy, right? I'm right, not right. the newer... But it's right, and that's, that is the Mario Kart. Mm, I agree. You. Double Dash. Really? I like Double Dash. See, I'm not a... It's, it's good. Because uh, you can have... you got the two power-ups that you can save one at the same time. Adds a little bit of strategy to the game. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because in old school, you had to hold the trigger, and you could have your tortoise shell hanging out behind you, and then pick up another power-up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you know this, and he's like, oh, yeah, you can't actually go fast unless you use the brakes. And I was like, what? In a Mario Kart? You have to use the brakes? What, yeah. What's happening? I didn't. 64, you don't need it. No, 64, you tap Z, you jump, you yeah. turn it sideways, and you drift, and then you somehow go faster. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. haven't played any of them since, well, I guess I played it on the Wii, but I didn't think it was brake. I think you still did the Z hop. Well, you do both, but it, like this will, like, if you if you drift, if you try to drift and, like, you don't, get yourself going it just slows you down it's it's interesting how the physics changed but yeah that is i got my ass kicked and i felt bad because <laughs> the physics in mario kart were always like not Weird. based on anything yeah just like the you couldn't thing. be like well i understand this so i can do that no you just have to play mario kart. even if you understand racing lines you're not yeah like the racing line is not the fast way to go in mario right kart. there but there is a line that is fast yeah. and it doesn't make any sense but there is a fast line yeah. Like whoever can cut inside the other person at the latest point in turn yep. takes the lead no matter what. Well, I will say, if you do want to take the actual racing line, it will help you on the Nürburgring, just like it did with the Mercedes AMG 1. That was a transition. Oh, my God. That was it. nice. Um, I don't know if we talked about this before, uh, but let me get the video going in the background. Oh, that is... There we go. <laughs> so the audio works. Audio works on yeah. the TV. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so the Mercedes-AMG 1 did set a new record a while back. This has been a, a minute. We haven't talked about it. With a uh, 6 minute and 35 second... Or 35.183. Wow. Uh, that is about 8 seconds faster than any other production car. And it's hard to tell in the video on here, but it was slightly damp and overcast at that, at that and day. And he still set the record. Still set the record. Wow, who, uh, what was the driver? Oh, you know, I probably should have made a note of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good thing to do. Let me see if I can bring that up. Uh, oh, we're going to get the sound again. Oh, man, we are just a professional podcast here. Uh, it was Maro Engel. Okay. So I don't, I don't know oh, what yeah, else he's done. Who, yeah. But I wonder if he's a test driver for AMG or something. Clearly he is good. But yeah, top speed of 210 miles an hour on the back straight. Wow. And, but, which is fast, but it's not the fastest. The thing is, this car is so light mm. and has enough power and enough grip and downforce that, I mean, you can go watch the video. It'll be in the show notes on religionspeed.com or just on, Google it on YouTube, of course. But the way he takes these corners is just impressive. Yeah, it looks like he's barely letting up at all. And, I mean, you can see the steering wheel. It's got the, the yoke Formula One-style square or rectangle mm-hmm. steering wheel, and it's 90 degrees lock to lock. Like, there is no steering lock on this thing. Which makes sense. If, there, if you had any more than that with a yoke, it's a death trap. I mean, Mercedes pretty much, you know, marketed this thing as a Formula One car for the street. 
but they did it right. <laughs> you know, they, they, there's been people in the past that have done it before. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, this is still, I think, an extreme car. This is not a GT car. You're not going to take this across Europe in comfort. <laughs> but it is streetable and yet still insanely fast. It'll take the it'll be the short jaunt from your house to the the racetrack. Right. Cuz if you bought one of these you have a lot of money and you live close to a racetrack hopefully. And you're probably not driving it to the racetrack. It's it, probably that's, your, yeah. that's true. You probably, probably you probably rent or own a garage at yeah. the racetrack. Yeah. yeah. This is very like F40esque. You know, oh, yeah. like like a real F1 inspired car for the street that's it's streetable but it's not a street car, <laughs> Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, like people always ask me like or not like when people learn I like cars that aren't car people are like, oh, what's your favorite car of all time? I'm like, well, that depends. Yeah. I love the Ferrari F40. That was my like poster car. But I know now in my head that I would love to drive that on track. And that's it. I don't want to <laughs> drive that on the street. I would be constantly worried about like damaging it, damaging my spine. Like <laughs> if you want to talk like what's your favorite or your dream road car, Nissan Stagia. It's a big, comfy wagon with an RB26. Yeah, Skyline wagon. <laughs> yeah. And you can, you can haul a bunch of tires with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's the dream road car? I still have to go with Hennessy Venom GT. See, mine. I feel like that's kind of close to this where it's, it's almost impractical. It, it's super impractical, but it's, all, I mean, it's a Lotus, but it's stretched. I mean, I know I've heard Matt Ferris said you shouldn't drive it without a helmet. Because it has, you know, it has 1,200 horsepower and it has a roll bar. Yeah. So you will hit your head on the roll bar every time you accelerate. Every time you accelerate. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is probably so well engineered. I don't know. I feel like this is what I want to see from Mercedes. This makes me happy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm really really glad that they're like, yeah, you deserve to set an Nurburgring record. You're up there. You're one of the best in Formula One in the world in competitive motorsports. Happy to see them do this. Yeah. Instead of just making like another S class with massaging heated seats and too much power, yeah, yeah. S class might be up there on their dream car list too. S five fifty with the heated massage seats, and that had radar cruise control in like two thousand six, which is probably broken by now. Yeah, probably. The bumper's a little misaligned, so yep. it just slams on the brakes for you. Yeah, sometimes huh. for no reason. Here's a hot tip for the stance community. You guys want to go ahead and not even bother with lowering your car? Buy an old European car. Big body, <laughs> like a like an A8 or an S550. They lower themselves over time. Buy an old Land yeah. Rover. It'll lower go. itself, too. <laughs> buy, buy a Lincoln Mark 8. Yeah, the bag suspension <laughs> will blow out. It'll just... Yeah, yeah. Some of those Lincolns, though, only had rear suspension, so then you just get the, the East the Coast sad. lean going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to put a leveling kit on it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think those do around the Nürburgring, huh? <laughs> <laughs> get sideways and wreck on the carousel? I, I think somewhere in the 12 to 13 minute range. Oh, oh, I'd love to see something with broken bag suspension take the carousel. <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, speaking of fast cars, and unfortunately fast cars that aren't going to exist anymore, are you going to let me go to the next slide? There we go. Um, Flying Miata no longer offers V8 swaps either in DIY or turnkey kits. This makes me very sad because I, I've, I've brought this car up a lot. I, I love the V8 Indy, and these guys are local in Colorado. They're down in Grand Junction, and they are just some of the nicest people. You can drive up to their place in the middle of nowhere, and they'll just like, "Oh, you want a tour?" And you, like, I uh, when I went there, they even gave me a giant flying me out a windshield banner and everything. 
Um, and it's sad because I saw the car, uh, that their demo car, uh, Indy is what they call it. I N D Y because he's an ND uh, with a V eight. Um, and apparently insert a badoomch in there. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's really sad. Um, and I'm not surprised it sold for a hundred thousand dollars on bring a trailer. Um, I just, yeah. Yeah. And the yacht a hundred grand. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Which I mean, brand new. If you wanted to buy one of these from them, their turnkey swap was about fifty k, and you had to buy the Miata on top of that, and then wait. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, they, that, I mean, they do it all. Works. It's it's warranty. I'd, I'd pay the markup, I guess. I mean, especially because now that's a collector's item. Because uh, the smoking tire reviewed that car. A lot of a lot of high end. A lot of you know. Car reviewers that have more money and access than we do have, have been in the, that specific one. Yeah. But this is all because of, of essentially EPA tuning software regulations, things like that, that they're afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. So they haven't, nobody's cracked down on them yet. But in their press statement, they said, uh, there are questions about the federal legality of the conversions, and we have limited resources to build cars and do R&D. So I think it's just like they've seen the writing on the wall. They've seen other companies getting fined. Yeah. And they're especially like, here. Especially here. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? We can't afford to stay in business if we get these fines. Yeah. yeah. So it's better to just cut our losses and keep doing the uh, emission legal turbo kits and stuff like that that they do. Yeah. And let uh, they even say in their press release, they're you know they point you towards V8 Roadsters, mm-hmm. who still makes kits, so you can still do it yourself, and then you know. That's it's their problem now. <laughs> it's yeah, and and you know they they even with that that press car, I mean there was a lot of other development they did on it that you can still take advantage of. Yeah, the um, the Fox Racing they worked with Fox Racing to build coilovers that maximize suspension travel, mm-hmm. so it's greater travel than stock, and the car sits lower. They work with Willwood to build um, brake calipers for them that have the same surface area of like the multiple pistons added up still have the same surface area as the single piston that come with the car so that they don't have to change out the master cylinder so that it's a plug and play kit. Um, That is the thing most people don't think about when they do big brake upgrades is you start changing your piston sizes and all of a sudden, oh, my brake pedal feels weird. And it's like, well, yeah, your ratios are completely different. That just looks like it belongs in a Miata though. And, and right. That's that's, what's so cool. yeah, Yeah. Their kits were just so yeah. So clean. I mean, the fact that you still use the Corvette intake, you know, the snorkel yep. that goes to the bumper there, it, it's like, yeah, it, it looks factory. The only thing I did notice is that strut bar is not bolted down. Oh, was the, that just for the photo? For this press box picture, they did not bolt that down. There is no, but I mean, whatever. That's just a weird little mechanic eyesight thing that I caught. It's so weird yeah. how you notice those things now. Like, I'm just expect everything. Oh, wait, that's not right. It's like, well, that's unsafe. Yeah. <laughs> we can't let that go. Uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure they run the differential from the GTO. Um, you could get uh, steel or carbon fiber drive shafts from Drive Shaft Shop, um, which one thing I didn't know is the carbon fiber drive shafts actually have just a little bit of flex to them. Hmm. And they were saying that the cars actually have a smoother ride if you opt for the carbon fiber upgrade. And so it kind of works like a Guibo. Yeah. Like a little, little, little uh, drive shaft flex disc. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. That's interesting. Because I always, you always imagine carbon fiber to be like ultra stiff. Right. That's what I thought. But apparently they were, their customers that bought the carbon fiber ones were saying that the car drove better than with the steel. 
No, I guess at the end of the day, they're woven fibers. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I just I would think the epoxy would make it like usually that epoxy does not like to any give. Mm, yeah. You know? But I don't know. That kind of makes sense too because it's a long tube. Yeah. So if it's gonna flex, that's how it's gonna flex. Right. And you're gonna flex if you have one of these Miatas. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that, that's a big that's a big flex <laughs> now because you can't get them anymore. Yeah. yeah. And so now that answers the question because I, I pose that: Would you buy the flying Miata V8 or the Backdraft Cobra? Now the Backdraft Cobra is cheaper. Yeah, because they still make them. Yeah. Yeah, these are just going to go up in price. Uh, I did notice in this picture also, I think this thing still has AC. Wow, with the V8. Which, that's impressive. Yeah, it is. I'm pretty sure this this little valve down uh, to the left of the uh, engine there, I'm pretty sure that's a pressure sensor for the uh, AC. Hmm. But That's pretty awesome. That's, I'm, that's, that's, that's to that's, your point of, like, these things just looked like they were from the factory, and, like, it was a complete car. It's, yeah. It wasn't some bullshit backyard swap you yeah. know and that's that's what's going to really be missed like people are still make v8 miatas yeah but they're not going to be this quality yeah no. imagine how much the used kits are going to go for now like yeah 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 something with the flying miata branding on it mm-hmm. yeah well it was funny when i pulled up to their shop in my brz they were like what is this guy doing here? Yeah, they're like, and i'm like oh I, I have an na miata at home they're like oh cool come on in <laughs> they're like get out of here yeah. you're our rival yeah uh, well, that is some sad news, but in some good news uh, for our future of motorsports, uh, the group Backroads of Appalachia uh, has received a big grant from the where is it? The Appalachia Regional Commission and the Commonwealth of Kentucky, totaling 1.4 million dollars to promote motorsports events in Appalachia. That is pretty awesome. Because there are some wonderful back roads through the Smokies, and you you're not at you know fourteen thousand feet, so you actually can make power right at those altitudes. Yeah, I mean the most famous one that people will recognize is the Tail of the Dragon. Yeah, Deals Gap, which Deals is Gap. Fu- it's funny because that's the most famous one, and it's not in Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's in Tennessee and North Carolina. Well, uh, maybe the the grant didn't apply to that one, but. Uh, yeah, they're going to be hosting. Well, you you read in the event they're going to be hosting like hill climb events, and yeah, all sorts of stuff. There's a couple of rally events for the American Rally Association. Uh, they hmm. hold a couple of rallies out there. I am so now. glad that they did that because when I was in college, I actually called Rally America and and WRC actually. Yeah, and I submitted several dirt roads that were in Chattanooga and Knoxville, Tennessee, for stages. And uh, Rally America was going through a, a rebrand at the time, so they weren't interested. And WRC was like, didn't even have an event in America at the time. So they. Your email went to a spam filter. It, it did. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually did speak to somebody at Rally America. They were like, thank you so much for reaching out, but we're not going to do this. But thank you. <laughs> this, is, this is brilliant. Yeah. We're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think a cool part about this article, it, it, I only read a little bit of it, but. Um, Basically, from what I'm to understand, they're going to have the timing equipment and everything available, and the organizers just have to essentially promote the event, pick the spot, get the cars. Yep. Uh, this quote I have here from it, uh, this grant allows us to purchase anything and everything needed for an event from safety to time trial to multimedia equipment and have it available for organizers. The organizer won't have to lease it or haul it. We'll have it there. They just have to worry about the racers and putting on the event. We hope this makes motorsports events entry fees the cheapest in the country, bringing even more people to the state. Yeah, that's amazing. And, I mean, this region, you have VIR kind of in the region. You know, I'm not going to say super close, but I think it's... it's, uh, We got Bristol really close. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, there's lots to explore. I think the East Coast, 
the South has a lot of good tracks, and uh, this will just roads. be another another avenue for motorsport enthusiasts to go out and enjoy their cars. Like I have never thought to myself, I want to live in Kentucky or South Carolina, but now I'm like, actually, that might like be a nice little hub at this point. You know, if they're putting on a ton of events. Well, and if you if you work for you know a fraction of the time here than it would take to retire, you can you can retire to a sprawling estate in Kentucky. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you got to deal with humidity and mosquitoes and casual racism, but. There's lots of good roads to drive Fox on. It's only casual racism. <laughs> I mean, I think we're fine. Plus, they have the Corvette Museum, right? The in, Bowling, uh, isn't that Bowling Green? In, yeah, in Bowling Green. The one that had the giant sinkhole that swallowed all the Corvettes yes. eight years ago. <laughs> Including the only, um, what was it, the only 1984 Corvette ever made? Oh, really? Yeah, because it was the first year of the C4 um, like there was a, there was a year where there were no, where there wasn't Corvette production. Like Corvette hasn't been in continuous production. I want to say it was 1984 because the 83 was the last year of the C3. 85 was, was the first production year of the C4, but they made one like 84, uh, concept. And I believe that was the only 84 concept, like 84 C4 in existence. And I think it got swallowed in that sinkhole. Well, at least it was the worst Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> well, you say that, but uh, that kind of moves us on to our next story. Although I do want to take a brief aside. If you do go to the, the Tale of the Dragon, uh, don't be this guy in the Genesis Coupe that is flying off of the road into the trees. Uh, Killboy, which is a photographer that lives in the area and takes a bunch of pictures, caught this thing just in the before uh, the airbags deployed, basically. I oh, will man. say I've driven... I've driven Deals Gap a few times in a few different vehicles, and it's a lot easier to do that than you might think. Especially in the fall, which this looks like the fall, there were probably a lot of wet leaves on the road that day. Yeah. In defense of Mr. Genesis Coupe, he might have still been being an idiot. But I don't know. He put the, the KDM Genesis badge <laughs> on the back, and every time I see that, I'm like, ah, you're a racer. <laughs> oh, this is the 3.6, too. You can just barely see it, or 3.8 liter. Yeah, I should have watched the initial D, you know, that battle where he, Takumi uses the leaves to his advantage. Yeah. 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 Yep. He, that's maybe that's what he was trying to do. That's yeah, you know. But uh anyways, back to my point. The worst Corvette is gonna be the next Corvette, because it's gonna be an SUV. Awesome. Corvette, uh. Corvette to launch as a brand in twenty twenty five with a four door and an SUV. So when when Ford did this with the Mustang, I viewed it as a step backwards. But, but GM apparently sees it as progress. So it was actually years ago. Uh, this this article I took, this is just a render, of course. Renders mm. are not news, but this is, uh, <laughs> proves our point. Uh, <laughs> that uh, this was taken a couple years ago. Bob Lutz, who used to be in charge of GM. Yeah. Uh, he's not anymore, but he was like, no, if I was in charge, I would make Corvette a brand and build an SUV. And I guess he still has some pull in the company because that's exactly what they're doing. This is terrible. This yeah. is terrible. Flat out. Like this goes up there with Ferrari SUV being trash. Mustang. Hey, all of y'all were like geeking over the Ferrari SUV. I didn't have a mic for that episode, <laughs> and I hated it. I was seeming. I was sitting in the corner just stewing about how terrible that it was. I just. But at least, at least the Ferrari SUV is a Ferrari, and then this brand is the like this name is an SUV. They didn't say we made a new Enzo and it's an SUV. Like they're calling that a Corvette and that sucks. Like I, I don't, that's not a Corvette. 
And the Mach-E is not a Mustang. No, that's a Blazer. Yeah. That's rendered. <laughs> that's a Blazer. That's a, that's a, that's a that's Actually, I think Blazer. that may have been a Blazer at, at that first before they rendered the Corvette it front end on it. definitely is. Look at the windows. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, it, look, at it's got all the C7 angles and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good render, but it just, like, I, I feel like this is just proves my point of it's not going to be good. Yeah. It belongs in the water behind it. It belongs in the sinkhole. <laughs> yeah, let's, you're right. I take an 84 Corvette over that. Oh, God. Uh, but yeah, because we have the electric Corvette coming up, which I am actually not that opposed to. It, as long I, as it's I, a sports car. Right. I do want yeah. to see them expand EV and do sports cars more and make see what they can do with it. Yeah. I think it could be good. Uh, but yeah, the four-door coupe that they're going to be coming out with and the SUV, I just don't. No. And the, the sad part is they're going to sell like hotcakes. They really are. Yeah. Because and that's... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I, well, it's it's like... So I know that there's a bunch of, of dads out there who are like, I bought a Mustang! And then you go out and it's a Mach-E in the driveway. It's like, you didn't buy a Mustang. Right, You yeah. bought an SUV. And there's nothing wrong with an electric SUV. I Honestly, think it's, it's really... It's neat. I like the Mach-E. Just don't put the little prancing horse on it. Right. I don't want to see that. Like, it's not a Mustang. Yeah, we understand this is progress. It's the future. Everything's going to be a CUV or whatever. Right. Or, or some sort of utilitarian electric-assisted or fully-powered vehicle. But, like, I think you need to leave the Legends alone, man. Thank you. Just leave the Legends alone. No Mustang, no Corvette, no Ferrari. Yeah. The Urus is even like, all right, I guess you got away with it to me. But again, at least it's a Urus. It's well, not it's not a Huracan SUV. Yeah, but even look at the price. Like for that, I was like, oh, for that I would buy a I don't know. What do they go a for? Fucking Land Cruiser and a Porsche, <laughs> you know? Right. Like why do you need one that does I'll buy an SUV and a sports car for yeah. that. The right yeah. one of both. Right. The yeah. ones that are supposed to be. It's yeah. the jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and and have, it's got a lot of it's like an Audi Q7 in a lot of ways, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's an yeah. all Audi. It's totally an Audi yeah, Q7. Under, yeah. side. Just like this is a Blazer, <laughs> right? But okay, hear me mm. out. And they brought back the Blazer recently. You know, what if they just okay scrap that? We're gonna call our little SUV something else, right? And then they bring back an electric sports truck called the Blazer, blazing new trails. I'm fine with that. That falls more in line with the lightning thing. Yeah. That I'm fine with. Right, exactly. You, know? you wouldn't piss off anybody. It, you'd still get people that are like, oh, I remember the Blazer. Oh, this is like a sport SUV now. This is really cool. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Adapt it from what it was, you know? Keep keep it in the same family of what it was. It. That's it. To well, me. and now yeah. we're going to run into issues like Mustang brands are already going to run into it because you have the Mustang. Right. Because there's still a sports car Mustang. Right. And then the Mach-E, and then whatever else they do. Like, what's this going to be? So we're going to have the Corvette. Yeah. We're going to have Corvette four-door or Corvette, like... Corvette you're, Estate. You're, so you're going to have, like, Corvette Corvette. Yeah. It's you're gross, gonna have right? The Corvette whatever, the Corvette car or sedan. You're going to have the Corvette, like, you're making it both the brand and the name of the car. Yeah. And that's confusing. It is. Yeah. And, and it's... Even if the Corvette became its own brand and they just said that this was a Corvette Blazer, like Corvette right. brand Blazer name. I still that's, I see, that's better than this, though. I don't I'm still know. Not I on, like I'm that. still not on board with it. It's the same. It's like you're taking something that is clear that the Corvette is the American sports car. Yeah. Right? Sports car. Right. Period. 
they got GM got it right when they had a great Corvette and a CTSV. They got it right when they had big V8 power plants in other things. You want to build a, a, a Z, not a Z28, but like uh, you want to build a special Blazer with a big supercharged V8. I'm here for that. You yeah. know, Trailblazer SS. There you go. Yeah. They had a Trailblazer they SS. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Go up why against are the track. We not, why are we not going down that road again? Make it all-wheel drive. Make it a hybrid. But give it a, a give it. You know, give it its own name. Stick. Don't make it a Corvette. Because what they're what they're trying to do is cash in on the brand recognition from these sports cars. Yep. Because these sports cars, even though a lot of people didn't buy them, they're well known. It's and it's like what Mitsubishi tried to do with the Eclipse Cross. Terrible. Terrible. I don't even know if Mitsubishi did that. Like, who at the 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 Eclipse was so far gone. Yeah. That no, like normal people didn't remember the Eclipse name. Yeah, because when did the last generation, the fourth gen Eclipse, go away? I couldn't even tell you. Because honestly, that one was really pretty. I think that was one of the better looking Eclipses. Really? It was just a big bubble. I can't yeah, remember but the compare it one. to the third one. I'd rather have a third gen than the fourth gen. Really? Yeah. I, I The fourth gen, it came with a, a GT model. There was a V6, just like the third gen. It was single overhead cam with a cast iron block, so it wasn't like amazing, but it was still a V6. It was still front wheel drive. I, I really liked the way the fourth gens looked, and it came in this burnt orange color. I, I you don't like it? No, I, 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 I like hundred percent opposed. <laughs> I rather I rather have a like the third gen at least would look kinda good lowered on some nice wheels. This guy the also fourth. likes the STI. That I hate. So like, yeah, but so do sense. I. So. Yeah, but it's a hat. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were coming to the shop yesterday, and, and we got on the road. I was like, damn, look at that STI ahead of us, because it was a hatch. <laughs> nice. You guys Walmart. car pulled up and saw it? Well, we went to we made a Walmart run to make uh, get some, awesome. some floor dry, because your 240 is leaking all over the floor. Yeah, that's what happens when you strip the drain plug, and then I could not drain the transmission, so... I thought we had it drained, but it decided to drain some more. There, yeah, every, every time I think it's empty, <laughs> more cat piss comes out of that thing. But wait, there's more. It's the Billy Mays of uh, yeah. tra- transmission <laughs> fluid. <laughs> I, I should have transfer pumped it out through the intake. I, I knew that that seemed excessive, but next time, if I can't get the drain plug out, that's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, there's, I'm I've gonna, got them over there. Transfer pumps? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. There's like two of them. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Enough shop talk for now. I want to move on from this infuriating story to another infuriating story. Uh, even though these aren't necessarily cars we care about, the new uh, Mercedes EQ, whatever they're called, EQ, so S-E-Q, um, the practices they're doing are atrocious. Mercedes locks faster acceleration behind a $1,200 annual paywall. No! What? Yep. You have to subscribe to get that zero to 60 time? So the, the $1,200 yearly subscription improves performance by boosting output from the motors by 20 to 24%, increasing torque and shaving about about a second off the 0 to 60 uh, acceleration in dynamic mode. And obviously, the car has the hardware to do this all the time. Yes, upcoming acceleration increase add-on that lets drivers pay to access motor performance their vehicle already is capable of. Oh my god, this is a dark timeline. This, is, this goes back to our first story. The BMW, BMW heated seat ones. No, or no, the Toyota. EA. We were talking about video games earlier. Oh, you're right. EA wanted yeah. to charge you. They want you to buy a product and keep buying it. Right. Yeah. Everybody is jumping on that. We use, you know, audio software and video software. And there's a reason I don't use Adobe anymore because they went to this. They want you to keep 
paying There's for a reason it. this yeah. slideshow isn't on PowerPoint. Right. This is our Google Slides, which yeah. is probably going to go away in a year when Google decides to trash it. But that's a de- different <laughs> fucking problem. Uh, but everything is going to this subscription model. Living, period, is going to start costing money. Yeah. You can't yeah. own anything. Yeah. You will own nothing in the future. God, that is horrific. This is called the SEQ. EQ, the sex, S, sex, Mercedes. Yeah. yeah sex. So if there's two of them, it's the sex. <laughs> oh God! No, this is just so bad. So like, you have to pay for sex every month. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, this is a real problem. <laughs> this is honestly a real problem because this is even like freemium gaming, you know, like on mm-hmm. our phones. And I think that's probably where they started to see success. All companies started to see success in this model of like, yeah, I'll buy the extra gems for a 99 cents it's like why not that would be fine if this car was free yes that's true yeah and then you even if the free version only goes 10 miles a day and can't exceed 45 miles an hour and you have to pay to go freeway speeds right yeah which would that might happen if the tata nano ever makes it over here so slippery slope yeah yeah, i can see this okay i can see this almost working because there's going to be a point in the future where people don't own cars uh, I truly, at least in general, I think most people are going to rent cars. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be like, oh, I need, like, I need a car today. Right. You know, uh, get on your app and it's self-driving. It'll show up at your house at a certain time and you can get in and go. Um, and I think at that point, you know, you can select your options. Like, okay, I want this. I want it to be faster this time around, you know, yeah. like it sounds weird and I don't like it, but I can see that working. But when you pay... I don't know what these things cost. I don't know if it says in the article. I bet you they're close to a hundred grand. You think? Let's just call I was gonna say they're, these, these look like entry level Mercedes. So I was thinking like fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, even even let's yeah. say sixty seventy grand doesn't right. matter. Uh, the fact that you're paying that much money for a fucking car, right? And then have to spend twelve hundred dollars a year, an extra hundred bucks a month, right? Yeah, so you're paying you're paying the car payment every month. You yeah. pay the insurance every month. You pay to register it every year. Yeah. And then you, on top of that, you pay to use performance that the vehicle's capable of putting out. Like, who, who's buying this? That's the thing is I, I think somebody will. Because like you're saying, this, unfortunately, this marketing model is here. Lots of people will. And lots of people, the truth is, don't care. They won't ever want the extra 20%. And so that's going to allow companies to continue to do things like this. So they're just going to rely on the whales, the yeah. ones that buy it and want to like boast about, oh, I have the faster EQS. Well, and if you, if you buy now and you use our dealer financing, then you get a year free trial of ludicrous mode. Yeah. yeah. And then you, oh. you, you're used to that for a year. And on the 13th month, you're like, why does my car suck? And it's like, oh, pay an extra $1,200 so you can accelerate. I mean, freemium games have been doing this for a long time. When you start out with these games, you'll play it for probably two, three hours. Yeah, and they'll give you everything you want. Let's look, just play yeah. this game, and all of a sudden things are going to be harder and harder to come by. Yep. And at that point, you're like, ah, fine, I'll give you an extra f- few bucks, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I can see that being the way it goes. They're playing psychological tricks basically to get this yeah. to happen. Well, and, and I mean, people are willing to do that. Car companies are really good at that. But uh, this article does point out that global car sales are down, but and so manufacturers are trying to make ways to keep making money off top of the sales, which I feel like this is, so when you're running a business and don't get me wrong, I've never ran a business myself. This is the closest I've gotten to running a business and we're not making any money. So 
maybe I'm not the best person to be saying. So it's anything. like a startup. Yeah, exactly. There you yeah. go. That's <laughs> yeah, a car joke too. Yeah. Startup. <laughs> <laughs> um, but from what I understand is like, if you do start a business, once you start, like if you're, you're going to start off making some money and things are going to decline. And there's two things you can do. You can reinvest and really try to bring customers in, or you could start cutting costs. And once you start cutting costs, you're just going to keep doing that yeah. because you start cutting costs and you're, you're just, you're going to keep this downward spiral thing going. And I think what the car manufacturers are running into is something kind of similar where they're getting less and less people buying their cars. So instead that instead of making cars that are more affordable to people, because that's the big issue right now is affordability. Yeah. They're instead going up market to the people who have money, which is a smaller market. And they're just keeping doing this until cars are just so expensive that only rich people own cars and poor people just get hand-me-downs. So this is going to be like, this is mirroring the housing market then. Yeah, right. Yeah, basically. Because nobody's building affordable family homes. They're building, you know, McMansions. Yep. You'll either rent a car on Turo or you'll have enough money to buy the car and rent it out on Turo. You'll pay pay $2,000 a month for rent or you'll be able to afford a a mortgage on a million-dollar mansion. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and uh, part of that, the P- global sales are down, and that's still part of COVID recovery, and there being the microchip shortage. And during all that, they figured out they can make just as much money or more money selling fewer units at a better markup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing. Car- global car sales are down because you go to a, a dealer and they're charging twenty thousand dollars markup on a Corolla. Right. Yeah, they're charging sixty thousand on a Z. Yeah. Like th- I think dealer markup might kill the new Z. It and might. that would be sad because it is a reasonably affordable car for what you get. It's cheaper than the Supra. At least it should be. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to some surprisingly good news. The next-gen Prius is pretty fucking cool. That is a good-looking Prius. Right? Granted, and I said this before, a good-looking Prius is a low bar for an aesthetic accomplishment. Yeah, but I would argue... I'd argue this looks better than a lot of different car- a lot of cars on the road right now. Kind of reminds me of uh, the CRZ. Yeah, it's a little CRZ. There's a little Volt. There's you know, I mean, of course, the Volt kind of copied the Prius, but like, I don't know. This looks good. I like it, and it's actually kind of quick. The uh, standard model comes with all-wheel drive and either 194 to 196 horsepower. Don't know why there's a discrepancy of two horsepower there. Hmm. Uh, and then the Prime model, which is front-wheel drive only, comes with 220 horsepower. Wow. That probably boogies, man. Did they give a torque rating? Because that electric torque is what makes these things fun. They did not give a torque rating, unfortunately. Hmm. But I'm sure it makes a lot of gobs of torque at low end. Because yeah. even the uh, like current Prius does that. Yeah, 0 to 30. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of what you're, if you're living in a city, you know, that's where you're driving most yeah. of the time. It'll let you, you know, rabbit ahead of... All the uh, Jeeps that are out here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you can make your turn. I loved my Prius. Best 3800 bucks I ever spent on a used car, honestly. Bought it wanting to hate it, wound up loving it, and this this makes me happy. This looks great. It's going to be quick. I mean, yeah. Here, Toyota does it again. Right. Well, Toyota had a lot of catch-up to play because they were, you know, they were the first ones in the hybrid electrics uh, sphere, and they fell so far behind. Yeah, I mean, what is that little SUV they got now? The IB4NTX7, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I remember covering one. this, and I still don't remember the name. Yeah, I, and they're not selling any of them because, well, a they had a recall where all the wheels were falling off of them. What? Yeah, the hub assemblies were breaking, or no, the lug nuts were coming off. 
That's hilarious. But also, they couldn't keep the lug nuts on them for some strange reason. So Toyota dormant it up. Yeah, oh, well, they dormant it up pretty good. <laughs> that, my friend, is a callback. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's like 10, 15 podcasts ago yeah, yeah. callback. <laughs> um, the only thing I am kind of concerned about with this new Prius model is you have, you know, your standard and your prime with different horsepower levels. You have plug-in hybrid. You've got your parallel hybrid, which is not plug-in. Um, you, there's just a lot of different confusing options with I don't think they should do. Yeah, they keep need it two simple. models. Yeah. What, yeah, a plug-in like hybrid and a, and a non, yeah, yeah, or, or even plug-in, non-plug-in, and then like premium and regular of the like that's okay of, of each one of yeah. those. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. is there is there an EV, a full EV version of it? No, nope, these are they're all hybrids. They are not focusing on range. Okay, uh, pure EV range, but they still get like fifty miles pure EV, which is wow for most people. Yeah, all you need, and then you have the gasoline motor on board. Yeah, for those long trips. In my opinion, this makes way more sense than like a pure electric car at this current time with our current infrastructure. Yeah. 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 It makes the most sense. Cause it, you it could really... take this down to New Mexico. You could bring it back up. Yeah. You, yeah, you take this across country you and know? you don't have to stop for two hours. You could charging. take this one all the way to old Mexico. Or regular Mexico. That's I don't true. know what we want to call it. Regular Mexico. Just like, Mexico. No. I, I, no. That sounds mean. Go, just go, Mexico. go down to, go down to just Mexico. And then, and then, uh, why aren't there any electrify America stations here? <laughs> <laughs> You can find all the 1320 video guys down there, though. No. Oh, yeah. They're totally just, they're totally in Mexico. They're in Mexico. <laughs> the cops totally Mexico. buy that. <laughs> it's still my favorite little gimmick. Right. Um, I am going to start calling it Old Mexico now. <laughs> <laughs> it just only makes sense. Oh, yeah. man. Do you think they did this yellow so that they could do the re- Is it a render or is it an actual? I think that's not an actual picture. Okay. I was like, it's, it's a, kind of a like new taxi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Ooh, that would yeah. be cool. They're playing into the taxi thing already. Yeah. Was it Toyota that designed the the taxi van for New York? I think they or did the original Honda? checker cab. No, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely wasn't Ford. Okay. The, the yeah. checker cab story is something I actually wanted like talk about at some point because checker was like they made their own cars. Those weren't made by anybody else. Checker made those cars. Wow. Yeah. I didn't so, like the original checker cabs. Yeah. Wow. It's a, it's a, such a weird little story. But so not they, not anything I know quite enough about to go into at this point. But wow. I stayed in business so long playing chess. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, was that was our competition. And, and then Uber stepped in and, and checkmated them. Oh, oh ooh, <laughs> I like this. All right, we got one more story to talk about. Uh, end on a high note. Uh, the 500 real note in Cambodia has a juke on it. That's so funny. Of they, all the Nissans to pick, too, they pick Frogger. Of all the cars in the world to pick, they put a juke on their money. What's across from it that you can't really make out? I can't. I cannot tell. But yeah, there's some other cars on there. There's a, a lorry, if you will, because we're in Cambodia. I don't think they say semi truck. And you said that. So this is the 500 denomination. It's worth about 12 cents. Yeah, uh, the current exchange rate is about 12 cents, and you can find these on eBay if you want to. They they go for about two bucks because, of course, you know. Right. That's foreign currency coming over here. Yeah. No, I don't know if you can get Cambodia currency at any like exchange bank around here. Probably not. Hmm. Probably could in California though, or New York. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah, like you said, why a juke? Yeah. Of all the not, I mean, of all even just Nissans. Right. There were better Nissans to pick. Put a Z on it. Yeah. Put a Z on it. Put a GTR on it. Any GTR. 
I think it had to be practical. I don't. I think. I think. Yeah, I think they were going for practicality here. Well, I have to say, Juke is greater than Rogue. Agree. I, I would. I would see the Juke oh, yeah, over yeah, the yeah. Rogue every time. I. Every time I drive a Juke, even the CVT ones, I'm like, this was such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Because it makes 195 horsepower. Yeah. It's a little crossover. I'm like, this is actually fun. And, I, and for whatever reason, all the other manufacturers went, mm, we'll give them 96 horsepower. Why? Toyota, I know you can make the, a, the HRV, or no, sorry. That's CR, no. The CHR. CHR. But nobody else had them turbocharged, right? Because no, the Juke was what, a factory, factory boost. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like The CHR was sportier and better looking than the Juke, but made 96 horsepower. I have to say, I, drove, I did drive a Juke with a six-speed, and it feels like a GTI with ground clearance. Yeah. Like the front-wheel drive version. I remember when the Nismo RS version came out, 220 horsepower. There, was, there were reviewers going like, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> like, it's got these really good Recaro seats in it. Yeah, those seats are, like, really popular. Like, if you can find the seats out of the Juke, a yeah. lot of people put them in other things. The engine was good. They're just like, why did you put it in a Juke? Yeah. Well, they did that. I mean, they, they did the one, one-off one GTR. The Juke R. Yeah. That was yeah. gangster. I think they made that was 10 cool. of those. Did you see the video of oh, it really? in Dubai yeah. just slaughtering a bunch of supercars in a street race? No, I yeah. need to watch that. They, they purposefully designed this one course where it was like a lot of low-speed corners, so the Juke had the turning radius to like take whatever it line like, it wanted and then take off. Yeah. But yeah, VR38 Juke. Uh, real quick before we wa- move on from the uh, Cambodia 500 real note thing, I did want to point out uh, two things. One, this banknote has the king of Cambodia... Uh, and the uh, the five headed mythical Naga snake and the royal card cold royal arms of Cambodia probably on the other side of some of it. Okay. So all these very very important things. Right? Yeah. yeah they've and, got and a, a, juke. a deity, a king, a symbol, <laughs> and a juke. But this is not the first time they have put a sports car on their five hundred real note. Uh, this is their old one, which has some. Uh, of course, as usual, you can find all of this at religionspeed.com on the show notes. It has some sort of like generic sports car. Almost looks like like an MR2 almost. I was going to say know. like Dodge Stealth or 3000 GT. Yeah, like okay. a Starion almost. Like a, like a Mitsubishi Starion. Yeah. I don't see Starion. Just the long hood. Well, it's got like Porsche headlights, but... Right? But so, it, like this middle back end, you don't see like a little MR2 back here? Maybe a little box. Uh, maybe maybe uh, the SW20 a little bit. Yeah. I think it's in the new Need for Speed game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there should put some stars on the wheels. Oh, man. Uh, let's see if I can do this real quick. And back to our logo. Hey, look Rewind. At <laughs> All right. So that does it for our news today. I just want to talk about one more thing before we close it out. Uh, we have a new project car. And it is a, a cursed project car because it is an RX-8. And every RX-8 is cursed. Is that a, true? With a rotary. Oh. <laughs> I mean, this rotary still got some life in it, apparently, though. Yeah, shockingly enough, uh, me and Aaron were here at the shop yesterday and playing around with it. And I don't know, I can't remember why we decided to try to start it. Um, but we tried, and it fired right up. Yeah, well, you were talking about, because I think you had the battery connected, and you were charging it just to, like, move the seat, I think was the original goal. Oh, yeah. And then kind of mess with some interior stuff. And I was like, well, have you tried to turn the key? And you're like, no. Like, well, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah, you know I mean? we'll give it a shot. And it, yeah, it only took like two seconds and it started right up. Yeah. Got compression right away. Uh, but I will say, I, I think at this point, the plan is, and hopefully there'll be a video out on this here soon, but 
If not, I'll just tell you now. Um, the, the plan is at this point to probably try to get the Renesis engine going. Uh, I don't want to put too much money or time into it, but the car came with a shit ton of extra parts, so I want to see if we can get this running and play around with it. Uh, ultimate goal, though, is K-Swap. This is going to a four-cylinder Honda motor because I want... The main goal of this car is I wanted a, a fun track toy that is reliable, that we can go beat the shit out of, just do lap after lap after lap, don't have to worry about it. And a Renesis just isn't that. No. Although I will say usually beating the shit out of a rotary is better for it than not. Right. Uh, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to mess with blowing it up, rebuilding it, all that good stuff. I know putting a K24 in there, that thing will run till I die. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, well, and the chassis is phenomenal. Yeah. And it's a great chassis. Yeah. I do think this is an underrated chassis. It is just because of the engine. Right. Yeah. Nobody nobody drove them. People will just dismiss the RX-8 out of hand because of the Renesis. Right. But the fact is, when you have this this thing dynamic on the track, if you get it sideways, when you have it at the limit, this is a very fun car. I mean, it's, just, it's a long boy Miata. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's actually a slightly longer wheelbase than your 240, we found out. Right. Yeah, which I was surprised because it feels similar Like when, when it starts to slide out. but uh, They seem so very this, similar size, too. Yeah, they use these for they or they used to, I should say, because Skip Barber's gone. But they used to use these for skid pad training at Skip Barber. Yeah, because it was easy to to hold the angle and slide it around the track. So I, I'm hoping by swapping into K24, K24 is a, all aluminum. It's a pretty light engine. Going to be a little heavier and a little farther forward than the the, the rotary for sure. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to throw the balance off too much. Uh, I'm going to do my best to try to keep it as close to the 50-50 perfect weight distribution that Mazda gave this chassis. And, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But who knows? Maybe I'll run it with the Renesis for a while. Maybe it runs great and we just keep playing with it. It is funny that switching, because the, the Renesis has a cast iron housing, right? I think these are actually aluminum on this. Oh, on all aluminum? Okay. The 13B it weighs a lot more than the Renesis, and I think the 13B had cast iron like center sections. Okay. I could be wrong. I'm definitely not a rotary expert. It took me forever to figure out what the oil metering pump was that was sitting over there. <laughs> I was like, what is this thing? Well, because the last rotary you had was carbureted, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a it was a completely different like even the oil metering pump system on that was completely different than the Renesis. This is a much advanced system. It was pretty funny because when when that started it, I'm standing up front and you could just see like plumes of like it wasn't hot enough to be smoke, but it was just like oil shooting. Out. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, that's where the oil metering pump probably goes. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I, I'm not gonna run this for too long. Uh, there's no cooling in it, and clearly it's puking out oil, but. It really didn't even smoke, though. No, not really. It was like a what you would expect from a car that sat, not yeah. anything broken. And yeah, it went yeah. away almost immediately. Now, based on the video, it sounded better than my, my Miata after I started it up. So. <laughs> yeah, it just, oh, don't tell me that. That's my new project. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good now. It just sat say, for a while. I, just, I, had to, I had to drain and fill the oil twice and run a BG3 pack through it and do the plugs yeah. and wires and beat the shit out of it a little bit. And now it's... This is quickly going to become a, a very K-Series heavy garage. Right. And we're not affiliated with K-Series parts. Not yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited for this project. I've always liked the RX-8, and I'm excited to have a rear-wheel drive car in my life, too. I'm, I'm happy, too. We I can, we to can be hooligans again. Yes. Yes, because I love destroying tires. There's nothing in the world that makes me happier than destroying tires. Yeah, I'm super happy. This, this, this chassis is great. It's pretty. 
I've always liked the RX-8, so I'm really... As soon as you told... As soon as you put in the group chat, like, hey, I got a car or whatever, something's coming up. I was like, I know, it's an RX-8 with a it, You called it immediately. <laughs> you did. Because I mean, he was trying to make it a surprise. The only reason I knew was I helped him pick it up. Yeah. And, yeah, that's... I, I was blown away by that. Like I mean, you, you're like, is it a blown RX-8? I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have been talking about this yeah. exact project for a while, but I wasn't expecting just be like, no, oh, he found one. Yeah, but we, <laughs> we all talk about a lot of projects. Exactly. I I talked about a lot of stuff. I figured it would just be buried in the sea of other potential projects. It's the only one that you've ever really sounded really, really excited <laughs> about. Well, here it is. And hopefully this is not going to be another one of these projects that just sits and never gets done. Uh, I'm going to work my ass off to try to get this going by next summer. So fingers crossed, but you know how project cars go over budget, over time, every single time. Um, but yeah, check out the Religion of Speed YouTube channel. There's going to be lots of updates on this. And of course, I'll be keeping you informed about how it's going with it on here as well. Uh, but first things first, we got to get the transmission put back in your 240. Yep, so that we have only one derelict vehicle in the garage at a time. Yep, you can't have two, right. two down project cars yeah, at the same time. Ham Hamza does not like that. And that's fair. That's a that great is a rule. reasonable demand. Yeah, I yeah. think that's just a good rule, period, even yeah. like regardless of why. Because like, once you, we don't want to have the junkyard here. Yeah, well, I'm, no. I'm going to be honest. At one point, I was pretty stressed out because I had the 240, the Miata, and my BRZ taken apart all at the same time. And luckily, it was three different garages. <laughs> oh, <nice>. So you <laughs> spread it out. Yeah, but still, I was just like, okay, this is starting to stress me out a little bit. But now the Miata's back together, the BRZ's back together, and soon we'll get the 240 back together. And you'll have the rear-wheel drive trifecta. Yes. Yeah. Well, you'll you'll... Hopefully, lose one of those. Well, you well, will yeah. lose well, one I of mean, those. Well, I mean, lose if you're if it's if it's you, it's still in the family. That's true. It's yeah. still yeah. at the church. So yeah, I'm I'm honestly religion. probably going to drive it next week so I can do the front brakes on the BRZ. I would love to come now that it's running to check it out. Yeah, you want to drive it? Yeah, yeah. Just make sure you get it on video so we can post it to our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. At religion of speed or no, just at religion of speed on YouTube and uh, it's youtube.com slash at religion of speed, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Not confusing. No, not confusing at all. Yeah. Um, and then of course, if you want to follow, uh, I'm going to just start posting some updates on Instagram and our Facebook page. That's that's at religion of speed co. And you can see our reels on YouTube and on TikTok. We uh, finally joined we, TikTok, we guys. We do have a TikTok now, so you can see all our stupid 60 second shenanigans on there. Uh, that is at Religion of Speed. And of course, like I said before, you want to uh, follow any of the articles we talked about today, religionofspeed.com is your place to do that. And that just leaves one thing, Chris. We'd like to thank the band Wheels for the use of our theme song, Colors. You can hear that on the album Traveler Part 1, and you can find them at Wheels the Band at bandcamp.com. All right, thanks for joining us, Heretics, and until next time, peace out. Peace out.